0: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. D-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports
1: Illustrated. Third down and one.
0: Hurts. First, First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code Believe B L E A V, but this time put fifty on it. B L E A V fifty, Believe fifty, and they will match your initial deposit up to fifty percent on BetOnline.ag right now. Football season is here; it is time to make some money. Believe fifty is the way to do it on BetOnline.ag. Ed and I are doing it right now; we're making a good amount of money. Do it with us; enjoy it with us as well. Eagles are filtered here. Connor Miles with my co-host, Ed Kras, as always. So, Ed, it was, uh, you know, one hell of a victory. Eagles win 38-35 to against the Detroit Lions week one. It felt like a very week one type win to me, you know. The NFL season's weird now. I think a lot of people got to take, you know, think about it this way, is there's one more game added to the season. It's a longer season than what has been in years past. Preseason has been taken less seriously, more and more as this longer season has gone apart. I look at week one, like a preseason game, a, a preseason game that actually matters. You know, you're trying to figure out what your starter's going to do because you didn't get to see them in the preseason. They barely played. Mm-hmm. You get to see what your offense is capable of, what your defense is capable of. Those guys are on the field for four quarters. You didn't get to see that yet. This extra game that you have in the season is more of an extra game of comfort than it is anything. I don't, this, Week one now is the most meaningless week one it's ever had in NFL history with the extra game added on because this is this is not make or break your season this is not make or break your playoff hopes. So when I look at how the Eagles played, I think it was very week one like, Um, missed tackles, uh, plays that you know you would really expect them to play penalties, mental mistakes, all that stuff. I looked at it it was a week one type game to me, you know. is that a good excuse? No, I don't think it's an excuse you can make for the whole entire season or at least uh, for the week one performance. But to me, I thought, wow, this team looks like they didn't play at the preseason starters at all. It looks like their less physical practices, their shorter practices are definitely taking toll on the field and the way that they're physical and tackling. But they got the win when it matters. And, you know, that was a really tough Detroit Lions team who you know, really wanted to win this game against the Eagles after they got embarrassed by them last year and definitely are playing well for their coach, Dan Campbell. I'm okay with that victory, and I'm going to take for, you know, a grain of salt what happened in week one because it is week one. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would even take it, like, two steps further and say, you know, the NFL season is really, like, when it begins, it's almost, like, two weeks of work that you need to get in in the regular season to get into tackling shape conditioning so you know the the NFL season really is kind of a at least in September I think it's an extension of the preseason I mean these teams are not sharp crisp at least the Eagles weren't uh, you know even the Lions dropped some passes in that game but I think you know the lack of work you know, it's hard to get in football shape when you're not playing much football. And the Eagles really kind of took it easy on playing football in the summer. Uh, you know, they their practices were uh, set up like that. And I think that's kind of what we saw. And, and you know, even Jonathan Gannon said that, you know, when he was asked if he thought his team was a little fatigued and worn down, and he said, you know, you have teams going on 15 play drives against you. Yeah, you're, you're going to wear down. And to me, you know, I went into that locker room uh, after the game at Ford Field, and I said to a colleague, I'm like, do these guys look like completely wiped out and tired to you? I mean, they look really exhausted. And, you know, Landon Dickerson sitting in the middle of the room on a, on a stool, people were talking to him, reporters were interviewing him, and he doesn't even stand up. He's just sitting there looking completely wiped out and you looked around the room and these guys are tired they're still sweating and this is after a you know 10 or 15 minute cool down period when the locker room doesn't open right after the game so um you know to me i think fatigue was a huge factor and like i said unless you're playing football you can run all the wind sprints you want um but that's not going to help you get into football shape football shape is you know pushing and pulling and, and, and blocking and, and, you know, really expending a lot of energy in the trenches and then getting hit as a running back. And uh, you know, your timing with your receivers with defenses actually playing coverages that you may not have seen during camp. So um, to me, that all of that was a factor. And like Nick Sirianni said, though, you know, you'd rather be correcting these mistakes at one and zero than you would be at zero and one. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I agree with the cliche. It's hard to win in this league. You you look at some of the teams that really fell on their face in week one. The 49ers lost to the Bears in Chicago. The Packers lost to the Vikings. You know, the Vikings are good, and we're going to see them on Monday night. But, uh, you know, there were some – the things that happened around the league that are, were pretty surprising. And a lot of that, like you said, is kind of this is an extension of the preseason. So you don't want to overreact to a win or to a loss because there's still 16 more games left. We're in the middle of September. I mean, this thing goes to the middle of January before it winds up, with, you know, the regular season. So there's a long way to go. You know, you want to try to stack up some wins early, no matter how they look. But when it comes to November and December, that's when you want to be playing your best football. When all the stuff has been ironed out, when the tackling uh, has been straightened out and your conditioning uh, is now better, that's when you want to be playing your best football. And until then, it's just a survival test. Just win no matter how it looks, no matter how you do it. Just come out with a W.
1: Yeah, I just think week one in the NFL now, look around the league. The offense has looked so out of sync. Majority of yeah. the offenses on the round they never looked sort of sync Defensive looked like they had communication breakdowns. Actually, salute to the Eagles passing defense. That was the most impressive thing of that defensive unit uh, that last Sunday against uh, Jared Goff. I thought, but yeah, I I'm just not reading too much into Week One right now. Uh, again, that's not a good. That's not an excuse though, because I, I in my opinion. Out of every outlet that covers the Eagles, I think SI.com has been the most lenient or one of the most lenient with Jonathan Gannon and given him an extended leash considering the fact that we just thought this personnel was not adequate enough for his scheme. Yep. Now, it is way too early to make an assertion of what this season's going to look like under Jonathan Gannon, but that was a really horrible debut, I thought, for giving all his pieces. It's, it's hard to keep making excuses, basically what I'm saying for the guy. Yeah. Uh, what was your thoughts? Because I mean, I think the number one thing that really threw us all off, and there's really no excuse for whatsoever. I don't care if you think he's conditioned or not, if you think it was a rookie in his first game and you want to, you know, gradually bring him along. When Jordan Davis was on that field, the Eagles defense was productive and he was not on the field enough. Really, not even enough at all. Marlon T had more stats than him. And I know you and I have been speaking the graces of Marlon T, but Marlon T is a, f- a fifth round pick. Jordan Davis you traded up for. He should be on the field more. What was up with that, Ed? What did you think?
0: Yeah, you know, listen, going into that game, I someone asked me how many snaps I think Jordan Davis would get, and I said I would guess between 25 and 30 as a rookie coming into his first game, and he ended up playing 22, okay? So a little less than I thought, but you're right. Uh, you know, optically, when you looked at the game, it seemed like the Eagles' run defense was better with Jordan Davis, Marlon uh, Tui Tuohy Latu. And Milton Williams uh, lined up, uh, you know, on the defensive line, you know, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave did not play exceptionally well. uh, But I think the Eagles were better. And I thought they were better in five man fronts with those three I just mentioned. And then, you know, Reddick and sweat or Reddick and Graham or Graham and sweat, whoever it was on the outside as your overhang players, I thought it was a better defense to, to stop the run. Um, So, yeah, I listen, Davis, I think, You don't. the Eagles don't want to play him on third downs or whatever they think a passing down is, because I don't think, you know, he's ready to be, you know, an effective pass rusher. He's still learning the techniques that they want him to play, which to me, I don't know why you just don't let him play like he did in Georgia, which just kind of shoot the gaps and try to, you know, get into a lane. The Eagles want him to do more bull rushing, more, you know, occupying blockers, reading and reacting instead of just going. So, you know, that's going to take a little time. And then again, like I said, the pass rush, that's still a work in progress for him. And so the Eagles aren't going to probably play him in what they see as a passing down. Um, And that's going to limit his snaps, at least initially. But again, you know, we're in September here. He's been in camp for, you know, since the end of July, really six weeks, I guess, something like that, seven weeks you know, it's going to be a a progression for him and, you know, an evolution as the season goes on. So yeah, he played 22 snaps. I would like to see him be out there more like closer to 30 probably. And, and maybe we'll see that against the Vikings. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're a pretty high powered defense and um, I think a 25 to 30 snap load for him is okay at this point. Um, And you just need Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave to play better. Um, that's the, really the bottom line. These are your veteran guys. I mean, you know, yeah, Davis is your number one draft pick, and he's playing. He's playing more than the Kobe Dean and Cam Juergens. Um, but you have Cox and Hargrave who really need to step up their games on the interior of that line. Uh, Marlon T., like you said, you know, fifth-round guy. But, it, you know, doesn't matter what round you come in. If you can play, you can play. And he's played well. He played well in the summer. Uh, you know, he played well against uh, the Lions. And I think we might see him out there more than what we saw, Jordan Davis, because I think that package for Davis is just about right for here we are in mid-September.
1: Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox are fighting for new contracts, Mm. or at least to prove themselves to the open market next year. It looks like right now they're not getting that next contract for the Eagles if they continue playing like that, because, you know, the run defense is another concern, Ed. That looks like it's going to be a concern. Oh, I don't, again, I don't. I I don't want to contr- contradict myself and say I'm reading too much into Week One because I'm really not. But DeAndre Swift really did gash them, and that yeah. was a routine problem under Gannon's system last year. If the run defense suffers yeah. again, there's no way you can continue with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox in the inside because you have to improve that unit. This run defense is getting gashed. What did you think was the main issue be, behind all that? Because I I thought. One of the guys who we have sung the praises of, uh, for what he's been able to do and accomplish with the Eagles, given all the doubt and hate he's been given, uh, throughout his
0: tenure with the Eagles, uh, TJ Edwards, I thought looked off that game. Um, what did you think? Yeah, again, um, you don't want to read too much into it. We know TJ Edwards is a good linebacker, and you know, he, I think he was, you know, he had seven tackles maybe, but. Uh, you know, he had a, a holding penalty on a third down that kept the Lions on the field, um, gave them a first down. So, yeah, I, listen, I don't I don't think anybody really played exceptionally well on that defense, to be honest. I mean, you could go down the list. Um, as far as what the issues were in the run game, I mean, I think they're, you know, like Gannon said, you know, they need to fit this. They need to do their run fits better. You know, they need to figure out where they're supposed to be on a running play. You know, you have too many guys freelancing, not knowing what they're doing. But uh, yeah, TJ Edwards was just part of the whole defense that didn't play well. I mean, if you pick one guy that played well, maybe Marcus Epps, you know, he had 10 tackles, but even he looked limited in, you know, his coverage skills. You know, there Mm were some guys that got open against Marcus Epps. So you just go down the list. I mean, where was Hassan Reddick? You know, what did he do? He didn't do anything. Um, And again, is that we know they have a resume, these guys, right? At least Reddick does and Edwards does. So that to me leads me to think something Gannon is doing differently that he's not playing to their strengths or something. But to me, it's Gannon. Now you, like you said, last year we gave him a pass because I didn't think he had the personnel. Now he has the personnel. He has Edwards. Now in his second year, he's really a first year starter. He started halfway through last year. Mm. Epps is a first time starter. Um, But you brought in Reddick. you brought in Kaiser White, who if you want to look at somebody, maybe White is a guy that played well in defense. And maybe he's a guy you should think about extending if you're going to extend the contract. Uh, but, you know, you, you have guys that, you know, Brandon Graham, I mean, where, where was he? I mean, these, these, these guys are veteran guys and they've beefed up the pieces a little bit. Bradbury had a nice pick six, first of his career. Um, you know, he didn't give up much in targeting, but he didn't tackle real well either. But nobody did. Um, to me, Gannon's got the parts. Now he's got to figure out how to use them, uh, how to, how to run a defense. And if they struggle against Minnesota, if Minnesota comes in here Monday night and puts up 42 on this defense, I'll tell you what, Gannon, he's going to be, uh, he he could be in, in some trouble. Um, this defense must play better. It must at least tackle better. And you hope that now that they have a game, they face 69 plays against the Lions. You hope that now they have a game. Now they're a little bit better conditioned football-wise. I think that'll still take some time to get in that kind of shape. Um, But maybe it'll be a cooler night on Monday. I'll tell you this. I was in Ford Field, and I don't know if they had the air conditioning running. Uh, I was hot up up in the press box. And, you know, the press box in Detroit is open. You're basically out there with the fans um, no glass, nothing around you. Uh, every now and then I felt a little air rush across my face, but it wouldn't surprise me if the lions kind of kept that temperature high on purpose because they knew the Eagles were coming in after kind of a, you know, a a watered down training camp and the lions worked hard judging by hard knocks. You know, they put their time and they were in football shape. The lions were, uh, for the most part, better football shape than the Eagles were. So, you know, maybe it'll be cool or maybe that won't be as big of a problem. But to me, I don't know, it felt pretty warm inside Ford Field. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they kept that temperature up at like 78, 80 degrees. And then you had almost 70,000 people in that building uh, jacked it up a few more degrees. So um, I'd like to see them just tackle better. And I'd like to see Gannon use these pieces that he has at his disposal more effectively because what he did last week didn't work. Look,
1: the Lions play hard for their coach. They're not a very talented team. We know that. They're not. Mm-hmm. But go back to week one last year. They played the NFC championship. Uh excuse me, the 49ers made the NFC championship. They the 49ers beat the Lions, but they went toe to toe with them. It was forty-one to thirty-three. It came down to one possession game. Like Week one, again, I think it's, a, it's just the biggest myth. The, the Lions play hard for their coach. They got embarrassed by the Eagles last year, 44-6. to six. They had something to play in this game. They had a chip on their shoulder, and the Eagles went toe-to-toe with them, and they still came out victorious. Yeah. And that leads me into my point of, I wonder what you thought, because you're at these press conferences. Nick Sirianni, at the end of the game, he had a little, coach, uh, had a little speech that says, it starts with the coaches getting this thing fixed, getting right back on track. You think he's calling out, you know, he's I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and assume he's calling out Gatton. But what do you think? Do you think the coaches really came down this week after you listened at their press conferences and they're really are gonna be hard on themselves and try to get this thing, you know, looking the way that they believe they can look as a team?
0: Well, they better. I mean, and, and I'm not letting the offense off the hook. I know they scored 31 points, but you know, they had two delay game penalties. They they couldn't figure out to me, they looked and Shane Steichen refuted this, but to me, they looked slow coming out of the huddle, you know. Hertz is coming to the line with like 11 seconds left. And now you got to hurry everything. You got to read quickly. You got, you know, Kelsey trying to call out the plays. You can't even hear. You know, you could be sitting right next to somebody and you couldn't hear them talk. So they came out of the huddle too slow. They had two delay up game penalties. They had two 12 men in the huddle penalties as an offense. They had a a couple false starts. Now, maybe some of that was the noise, but the offensive coaching has to be better. You have to know what play you're bringing in, man. You got to get it in quick. You can't be sitting there thinking they had to call a timeout because when they they were still in the huddle with four seconds to go on the play clock in the first quarter. Offense needs to do better, too. We're picking on the defense and Jonathan Gannon, but Sirianni and Steichen, they better look themselves in the mirror, too, and figure out how to make this offense run more smoothly. And you can't have Jalen Hurts freelancing it as much as he did. Uh, you know, he took off like everybody says, OK, he carried the ball 17 times, which is one away from his tying his career high of 18 rushes in a game, both times against the Saints. All right. A lot of that was because he had to. It wasn't, you know, maybe five plays were designed, you know, RPOs where he kept the ball. A lot of times he had no time. And Kelsey talked about that on his podcast today and I wrote about it. Uh, Kelsey took full blame for that. Has to do a better job. He's the veteran. That's the value he brings. He's been in those situations and they had a hard time figuring out the protection calls. And I think a lot of that was because the Eagles were slow to come out of the huddle. I really do. They need to be a, a better oiled machine against the Vikings on Monday night.
1: I'm going to be honest with you, and you're kind of hitting on my points. I can't believe people are criticizing Jalen Hurts for that victory. that victory. Excuse me. Look, say what you will about the guy. He's a limited passer. Yes. And when I say limited, I mean, he definitely is a great, good enough starting quarterback in this league to uh, as a passer. I believe that. I do believe that. But he is limited still. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that Jalen Hurts consistently does that Nick Foles did as well, except Jalen Hurts is such a dynamic athlete on the ground that you have to put him in your starting lineup. You can't bench him like you did Nick Foles and have him as your backer quarterback. He wins. He puts you in a position to win each and every game. And you hit on my point right there is people are criticizing that he didn't do nothing to the air. My God, what were you watching? He was improvising every play. Mm-hmm. Every play, the offensive line was in his lap. And I'm I agree with Jason Kelsey. And you know, you expect a leader like Jason Kelsey that he's been in Philadelphia to take responsibility for the play of his group.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they weren't ready. They were not. I don't mm-hmm. think they took the off the, the Detroit Lions defensive line that seriously. And that's a very talented defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson looked like he was a veteran out there playing inside, outside. They hit him with the NASCAR packages. They threw every edge rusher they possibly had at the Eagles offensive line. And they took advantage of them not being, look, they didn't look conditioned enough. They
0: didn't yeah. look like they were. So no, they
1: how can you criticize a quarterback that has the most other than Lamar Jackson has the most dynamic legs in the NFL that improvised and made productive plays that willed you to victory when he had to almost every snap. It doesn't make sense to me because other plays that he didn't have to improvise, he put the ball in A.J. Brown's hands and then A.J. Brown improvised. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those plays that A.J. Brown made, he was breaking tackles, he was making yards after the catch, he was dragging a guy downfield, he was stuck in press coverage, but he still made the plays. He had a T.O. like debut. Is correct. Everybody that's comparing it to that, I agree. He showed you that he's going to be the top 10 wide receiver. He was in Tennessee with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. And that's a huge addition. But the, critici- the, uh, the criticism I'm reading about Jalen Hurts and his passing, yada, 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 he just didn't have time to pass. He didn't have time to let the play develop. He had to improvise. And he had to take off and do what he does best with his legs and beat you with his legs. And that's what he did with the Detroit Lions. I don't understand the criticism at all. I don't. I thought Jalen Hurts played just the game he needed to play to f- put his team in position to win. That's what I thought.
0: Right, right. Um yeah, Hurts is taking his share of criticism, no doubt. And but Jalen or Jason Kelsey said on his podcast again that they don't win that game without Jalen Hurts. If there's any other quarterback other than Jalen Hurts, they they don't win that game. Um, I would like to see, and I think there will be a time this year, probably more than one once, where he's going to have time to throw. And I think you're going to see him throw the ball. He threw 32 times. He completed 18 passes. Now he had four throwaways, which I thought that was a little something different I saw from him when he scrambled out and he got to the sideline, he just flipped the ball and made sure it got past the line of scrimmage. So there's no intentional grounding call, but he did that four times where he just threw the ball away. So that's a smart play. He didn't take a sack. He didn't try to do too much and, you know, try to run and pick up no yards or go for a yard loss. He, he flipped the ball away and, you know, you take those four throws away. He's 18 for 28 which now suddenly your completion percentage is above 64%. And that's kind of where I wanted to see him be this season. He was 61% last year. I wanted to see him hiked at a few points. Um, You know, he fell short of that 18 for 32, but again, you take away those four throwaways. Now he's at about 64 point something percent, um, which is good to me um, because listen, I, I was kind of against him running like that was my thing was let's see him run less. I don't want to see him put himself at risk, you know, sacrifice a few first downs early in the season, as long as you're healthy and, and uh, you know, fresh going into the November, December schedule, then so be it. Sacrifice a few first downs don't run so much, but now I'm kind of coming around as he, he is a very, very good (laughs) runner at picking up first downs. I mean, third and 15, he scrambles for 16 yards. No other quarterback in this league is going to probably do that. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Okay. He will, but you know, I will never understand the criticism of her hurts. I'd like to see him throw more, but listen, he is what he is. He's got this, this set to run the football. He ran for over a thousand yards at Oklahoma. Why not use it? He's a big, strong guy. You hope he can stay healthy. And if he can't, then, you know, you have a, a pretty capable backup in Gardner Minshew, I think. Better than Cooper Rush or whoever the Cowboys are going to throw out there and place a Dak Prescott now. Um, so yeah, go ahead, run him. If you if he needs to scramble for a first down, then go ahead and do it. But I think there will come a time this year, Connor, where and probably more than once, he's gonna have time to throw the ball. The Eagles are gonna get it blocked up correctly. Kelsey's not gonna have a bad game like he did the other night in calling the protections. Uh and I think he's going to be OK. I mean, he's got three weapons. He used Goddard. He threw to Goddard a few times, 60 yards for thir- you know three three catches. Devontae Smith's shutout was a surprise. No catches, although he was targeted four times. But that throw Hurts made to A.J. Brown at the end of the first half. I mean, how can you honestly take any issue with that? That was a 54-yard dime, as A.J. Brown called it. He said that ball just fell from the sky. And then he drags a defensive a defensive uh, Lions player like 15 yards inside the five. But that throw, how, how can you say, you know, you want to see him throw the ball better? That was a great throw. You hit one or two of those every game, they're game changers. They came away with only three points. Uh, you know, they probably should have scored a touchdown. But listen, they they got into the red zone with that play. And, you know, I think we're going to see more of that as the season goes on, too. Do you remember,
1: like, the early days of Donovan McNabb like, when he was coming into his own with the Eagles offense with Andy Reid? I know this is a flash to the bat, like a really big flashback, but he was not the passer he ended up becoming for the Eagles when he first started out. He was more of a runner and then, you know, a game manager type passer just to start out. And that's what Andy Reid scaled it back for his young quarterback. That's what he did. Um, now, Jalen Hurst has not had the arm talent of Donovan McNabb, and that's not – Look, folks, that's people are gonna say that's I'm making a slight against him by saying that. You don't have to have all the arm talent in this league to be a winner and and be a Super Bowl champion and be successful as a starter in this league. You don't. It's not true. Like, and it's fine. That's okay that he doesn't. But like the early days of Michael Vick when he was with the Falcons and he had Jim Mora and he didn't really have offensive coaching and he always had to rely on what he knew was gonna work with his legs, and then he passed it when he needed to. I'm, I'm okay with that with Jalen Hurts because he beats you on the ground. You can't stop him. He wins. He's beaten the Saints twice with their top five defenses on it. Malcolm Jenkins has come on this show and has said to you, this kid can win in this league. He We didn't have an answer for him or his legs. Like It's not a huge problem for me. And I, I think you made the best possible take right there is that I didn't think he wants to be a passer. I think he had opportunities. He wanted to make in that game against the Lions. Just didn't happen. You know, the offensive line got pushed into his lap. He had to improvise. And when he improvises, Joe Hurts is going to do what he knows, reverts to what he can do best, and that's run the ball. Um, I agree with you. I think it was just, you know, his improvising. If he doesn't have to improvise, he's going to take his time. He's going to pass the ball. He wants to be a passer. They gave him all these weapons. That's He's very happy about that. He wants to, improv- he wants to use them. Yeah. He had to do what he had to do to beat the lines, and that's what, exactly what the Eagles did, and that's exactly what he did. I was impressed with him. Miles Sanders, I was impressed with James Bradbury, though. I really was. I know he wasn't tackling well, but that, nobody was in that game. No, no. Um, he's very good in the secondary. And, again, this guy is trying to prove himself again in the NFL. So, I thought he played extremely well. Kaiser White, Marcus Epps, you know, there were some targets against Hawkinson. Hock, That's going to happen all year. You know, Marcus Epps is never going to be the greatest in coverage. And you and I said this since three years of doing this pod, or two maybe, but you're going to have an average starter in this league. This league is made up of average starters throughout the rosters. You're not going to have an elite player at every position. If Marcus Epps can be developed into an average starter in year three with his team, that's very good. And it's very good that they developed an average starter out of a guy that they picked up on waivers, if you ask me. Yeah. So yeah. there's going to be some coverage bloopers with him, but he's very solid against the run, and he showed you that as well, and he was very solid. He was the best tackler, I thought, the Eagles' mm-hmm. defense. Chauncey Garner-Johnson was disappointing, but that was his first game. Yeah. First game in safety, first game with the system. Give that a little bit of time. That's going to look, to, look its part, I guarantee it. But Kaiser White, James Bradbury, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and A.J. Brown. That's the guys off the top of my head that I thought really will this team to victory. Played extremely well. We're going to need to see some more out of everybody else. And, you know, Jordan Davis played extremely well when he's on the field. I really don't care for the excuses of him not being on the field. I think, Ed, when you're producing that way and you're getting gashed on the ground, you have to put the guy on the field that's producing for you to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be Jordan Davis this year. He was bullying the offensive line for the Lions. I watched a clip of him on the All 22 pushing Frank Ragnow to the ground like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that guy's going to have to play bare minimum 30 snaps. I think he's again. You're playing Dalvin Cook this week. No slouch. A lot better than DeAndre Swift. Gonna have to get find a way to stop the run. If Jordan Davis is going to be productive on the field, stop the run. He's got to be on the
0: field. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean you might as well. I mean, if you're getting gashed early, you're going to have to switch it up. You're going to have to make some in-game adjustments. You know, I like that five man front. I like the three D tackles and the edge guys. I mean, and that to me was an effective package to use against the run. Um, So we'll see what they use, but um, I would, you know, you're talking about your, your five guys there that you really thought played well. I'd put Goddard in there too. He averaged what, 20 yards a catch. And a lot of that was yards after the catch. Um, You know, he got the ball in space and he just, turned it on and started knocking guys over. Um, You know, I think we need to see more of that uh, again, but you only have the one ball and AJ Brown got 10 of the 10 catches. Smith had none. Goddard had three. That's 13 of your 18 completions right there to two guys. Um, You know, I think Sanders had a catch. Gainwell might've had a catch, but uh, Zach Paschal had a catch. Um, But yeah, you, you need to kind of be more effective, I guess, passing the ball, but they, but the lions didn't give hurts any time that that line was just overwhelmed at times, you know, I thought, and, and Kelsey even admitted it, you know, like he needed to, he wasn't doing a good job calling out protections. He said the backs, they didn't do any hand signaling to the backs. So they had no idea what they were doing because they couldn't hear. So, you know, right there, that's an issue. So, you know, Hertz did what he had to do, and that's what Hertz is always going to do. Hertz wants to win, period, and he's going to do whatever he needs to do to make that happen. And we're not there in the backfield seeing what he's seeing, uh, so he sees what he sees, and he feels like this is the best way we can win. So I'm taking off running. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to take this game over, and and in a sense, that's kind of what he did with you know on the offensive side of the ball. He took the game over with his legs, kept drives alive. And then with his connection with AJ Brown,
1: I can't believe we're already talking about this. Could be a potential issue with Devontae Smith not getting targets. Like that's already being discussed. We're talking yeah, that, about that's not going
0: to. i to say happen. this: he's not going to have another game this year where he doesn't have a catch. Well, I, I'm not going to be bold enough to say that. But we're
1: talking about one of the most professional wide receivers. That has all the talent in the world that has come to the Philadelphia Eagles organization. He came to a, he was in an offense in Alabama that was dominant with the run. It was a run first offense with Jalen Hurts. He's played with Jalen Waddell, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Uh I'm forgetting wide receivers. I'm just gonna name those guys off the top of my head, right? There's tons of Alabama's wide receivers he's had to play with. Mm-hmm. They're very good. First round pick wide receivers. John Mechie, the third as well. He's not going to complain because Devontae Smith is a winner. He wants to win. He's going to do his part on the field. And some of those targets, those four targets, some of them, one of them was a penalty. He could have had that if it wasn't for the PI. That was so a catch, yeah. I, we, we nitpick the box score, but we always forget the context of the game. Hmm. Devontae Smith is a pro's pro. He went to a, a school where he was never going to be the guy he came to a Philadelphia organization where it, it, right off the bat, it was run dominant and he knew he wasn't going to be the guy. Yeah. They acquired AJ Brown this all season. And he really knew he wasn't going to be the guy. And you haven't heard a peep about it. Want to know why? Cause Devontae Smith wants to win and he's going to be a huge part of the Eagles success in their winning formula this year. Yeah. Well, like that, I said, he's that's not going go to Philadelphia tabloid stuff, Ed. That's, yeah. that's all clickbait. That's all trying to get your views on our pages. I'm sorry. Cause you're not going to see that at si.com slash NFL slash Eagles. You're not. It's not going to happen because that is not going to be an issue with the Eagles this year. And you're not going to hear people on Devontae Smith because you never did before. No,
0: but he he won't have another game where he doesn't have a catch. I'll say that. that. I mean, and listen, he had a drop on the sidelines, too. You talk about the holding penalty, the call comes brings the one catch back. But he dropped one on the sidelines, too, um, early in the game um so you know there's two opportunities right there that went by the boards now a couple of those throws weren't real good I don't think him and Jalen were on the same page maybe on at least one of them kind of threw it into the back of the defender um so yeah I just you know Sirianni even said you know you're going through a game you're not even realizing like oh my gosh Jay Devante Smith has no catches um so I I, that's not going to happen again I I can just about guarantee that and I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles come out Monday night and you know, make their you know first four attempts are going to Devonte Smith, you know, and now the beauty of him not having any catches is now and what A.J. Brown did now you're like, OK, well, we better double A.J. Brown over here because he had 10 catches last week and he's amazing. Oh, but what about Devonte over here? He's going to be one on one and he can get open because he's very good at running routes. So it wouldn't surprise me if this week it's Devontae Smith's turn to have, you know, a nice seven, eight catch game for, you know, a buck and a quarter or 110 yards, something like that. But a 100 yard game from Devontae Smith uh, would not surprise me this week because now everybody's going to be paying attention to AJ. Like, oh, we got to stop him. We got to stop him. And then, oh, Devontae, by the way, we didn't guard him. (laughs) So that's the beauty of no catches, in my opinion. If you want to look at the bright side of that, that's the bright side for me.
1: That's a good bright side because I agree with you there, especially against a weaker uh, Minnesota's secondary that's you know trying to figure itself out as, the, as we speak. So I agree with you on that. That That's a really good take. I think Devontae Smith will get 100 yards this week. I agree with that. All right, that's going to do it for us. We will talk later this week against uh, about the Minnesota Vikings matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday football. We will discuss that in detail. Maybe get some reports from Ed McMullen as well. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Again, real quick before I end the show, I am now streaming the Eagles games on – it's called watchplayback.com. You can go to getplayback.com slash room slash Eagles SI, and you can stream the Eagles game, whether it's Monday Night Football or it's a game that you're not getting locally, with me on that platform, and we can watch it all together. You can discuss the game in chat. We did the week one game. 60 people joined the room after the week one game. So this could be a really fun time. You don't even have to listen to me. You can mute me and just watch the game. But it's a good fo- good way to watch the game and discuss it with other people that you want to, to see. It's a better platform than you know talking about it on Twitter, in my opinion. So it's just like Twitch and YouTube. It's getplayback.com. The link will be in the podcast description. Check us out if you guys want to join it. You might even call it at halftime unless he's doing a bunch of halftime reports. So you might, we'll see about that. Because he has, like, you, you know, those those si.com articles for halftime, you have to be written, too. So we'll see. But... Uh, we'll be doing the Monday Night football game against the Vikings and then so on and so forth over there. So, the, the link will be in the podcast description. And as it will be going forward, check us out there. And I will see you guys there. And we'll see you guys soon.
0: Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.